American Council of Blind Lions, ACBL, is the affiliate that roars, and that's no lion. ACBL holds monthly conference calls and ACB convention events that help people who are blind or visually impaired become more involved in local Lions clubs. Find out more. Call 502-897-1472 or email lions.acb at gmail.com. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good morning, everyone. This is the ACB History Book Discussion Group, and today is Tuesday, August 10th. And here with us uh, as our host today, we have David Dunphy, and our streamer is Larry Gassman. David, I'd like to ask you to please let people know what to do for um, muting, unmuting, and raising your hand or etc. Thank you. Okay. Um, on the PC, it's Alt-A to mute and unmute. It's a toggle. Um, Command-Shift-A on the Mac to mute and unmute. It's a toggle. Star six on the phone to mute and unmute. And in the lower left, to the left-hand corner of your iPhone, there should be a mute and unmute that you can double tap on. I assume that's the same for Droid. Uh, on your phone to raise, to raise your hand on the computer, it is Alt-Y in the Windows. Again, that's a toggle. Um, option Y on the Mac to raise or lower your hand. Um, star nine on the phone as a toggle. And on the more tab in the lower right hand corner, you tap that and you'll see your raise hand button and you can raise and lower your hand that way as well. Okay. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate both of you being on this call today. And, you know, things are kind of getting hot and heavy. So I'm hoping that we have some history uh, historians on this call. And I know Dawn is one to maybe answer a question that we have regarding Alan Jenkins that we were discussing before we started um, this broadcast. So uh, last week we read about in chapter three where things were kind of unraveling with the ACB, I'm sorry, with the NFB. Um, And people were kind of talking about maybe starting another group, but they didn't really want to. We really wanted, they really wanted to get things fixed, to work on communication, to work on the way that power was perceived. So unfortunately, we're going to see in chapter four that this did not uh, pan out. And the name of chapter four is turn on my Victor because I, I, I didn't write down questions. Everything is just going so uh, fast and furious that um, it's, it was, it's more of a kind of a discussion uh, group now because um there's just so much going on. 
So 1959 NFB board purged, and it starts out with a year of surprises. And that's exactly what happens. Uh, Before I go any further, um, I'd like to get um, any comments regarding last week, Chapter 3. If you could raise your hand, I would appreciate it, and David will call on you. Thank you. All right, we'll start with Larry. Okay, Larry. It's funny because when you read the title, you read... A year of surprises. It sounded to me like it could have been the title of a Star Wars chapter. Um, because that's that's what they did, especially on the radio play. They always had these little short, concise titles. Anyway, it's funny. Before we were, we, we did quite a bit of talking before we actually started. And I said at that point that it's, gee, it's just too bad that things had to go the way they, they did because it, maybe it didn't have to be, maybe we didn't have to have a civil war. And then I began to think about it more, and I thought to myself, self, do you really think that? And then I answered myself, which is another story altogether. And I said, I, you know, the more I think about it, I think it, it would have happened, because it's one thing if you have people who disagree with each other. But it's something totally different when there are big philosophic differences between what they believe and how they believe. And based on what I read in Chapter 3 last week and in Chapter 4 this week, there was a basic construct by a lot of the people apparently in NFB. And remember, I wasn't there. But based on what was said by the authors, there were some construct differences in terms of how things should be done. And I'm not sure that those could have been solved. Arguments, maybe, philosophic differences, I don't think so. So I think this was inevitable. Um, And that's the big thing I got out of Chapter 3 and Chapter 4, except it seemed to be much more blatant in terms of the way they positioned positioned themselves in terms of constructs in Chapter 4 and then what the group that eventually became ACB what they did to begin to position themselves for a possible uh, organizational uh, change. So I don't know if that answers your question, but it, but that's what I came up with thus far, based so far. Thank you. Rob- Anyone else? Robert Acosta. Robert. Oh, fantastic! Hey, uh, Bob. Thank you. And if it's too noisy, Christy, let me know. My bookkeeper's working here, and she's almost done. So okay. please let me know if, if uh, you know, I'll cut, I'll, I'll mute. No, we don't hear it at all, Bob. It, we don't hear anything Without yet. having... Zoom cancels at all. Is that too so. noisy, Chris? No, Zoom cancels it, no. Bob. You're good. Oh, okay. You're fine. I'll do my best because she's, she is quietly working, but it's here. Okay. Let me only, let me only say a couple of things here. I'm reading a very interesting book called um, Bowling Alone. Discussing organizations, why people don't join them, why people do, and so forth. Bowling alone, you might want to read it. Right, Here's that was deal. recommended. It was the military approach. Mitch. The military approach, supported by Ken Jernigan, versus the people approach, the model. And for whatever reason, I mean, I can speculate. I can, I can say, you know, Doctor Tembrick's a great guy, but Jernigan influenced him, and he just was a. Uh, 
turning its dummy and all that. But that's speculation. I wasn't there. Neither were any of us. Chris Gray, I see his name here, who did yes. tremendous on a recording. But we, we in the ACB don't believe in the military approach, which is leadership, top leadership gives the commands and we jump through the hoops, not an ACB. So it was going to happen when you had the free press. Derwood says the turning point might have been the lean to the office that Dr. Yeah. Kenbrook got without telling anybody. Um, the payment of salary to George Card mm-hmm. for being editor of the Monitor. That was conflict of interest, all that. But I, I think that's true. But I think when they did the free press, it was their days were numbered. And the majority, in my opinion, can be wrong. But the majority, whatever is said, voted for Dr. Tenbrook. And because they worshipped him, because he helped them. Uh, Dr. Perry in California had the same thing. He he was doctor and whatever he wanted most of the time he got. And that's all I'm going to say now. And I'm happy to listen. I read chapter three, Christy, as you asked. And I'm, Did reading, you read chapter I'm four? reading chapter four and it's hot too. Thank yeah, you. We're on, we're on chapter four today and it is really well, hot. I, I didn't read chapter four, only Santa Fe convention. That's me, but I don't know about everybody else. Thank you. I'll mute. Okay. Okay. You have one other hand. Okay. That would be. Oh, you. Oh, Mary Beth, go ahead. Okay. Mary Beth. Um, Bob actually, I think said, said this pretty much, but my, my point is that, that in, at least from my perspective, the differences were not so much philosophical, but were, um, implementation, how things are done. I mean, having one guy call the shots is, is always apparently more, more efficient, but, but in the long run, it's, it's not, it's not good. And I think that, that, you know, in a lot of ways, because you can see so many things that, that the people who left the NFB, you know, took with them um, that were the same. And some good, some bad. I mean, in some sort of in the middle, like that whole direct mail thing, the mailing out of the, of the cards, which I have a question on at some point. But that, um, that it, was, it was really less of a philosophical gap than a, than a gap, as Bob was saying, about how things, how things ought to be done. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? No, let me double check. Nope, you're cleared. Okay, so so my take on it is that I think first and foremost, the ability to listen, the ability to adapt and mold and change, to, to update, um, that didn't happen. And whether Jacobus Tenbrook was influenced by Kenneth Jernigan or others, or whether he was basically holding on to his baby and felt like he was the all-knowing, all-wise father leader, um, and he knew best, um, You know, we don't know. Uh, As a member of NFB, uh, when I first read this book, it didn't hit me like it's hitting me now, reading it years later. And I just was thinking to myself, oh, my goodness. You know, I remember 
1971 when I joined NFB, I remember the ABC, uh, Ameri- what was it, Association of Blind, the Blind California, um, which then affiliated with ACB. And I remember how we were told, don't go to that church. Your religion is NFB. And they referred to it as a religion. And I used to think when I was in the NFB, oh, this is a religion. And I felt proud of it. But then now looking back and seeing some of this stuff, And seeing the difference between the democratic way and the top-down way, uh, I question, gee, maybe I should have listened to people like like Gene Lozano and and Andy Baracco, um, because those were the two people that I knew um, that were in ACB. Mike Jones, I believe, was in ACB that I went to school with. So I think some of it was philosophical, um, and it became more and more philosophical the, because of the autocratic approach. So any comments on what I said? Yeah. Chris okay. Gray. Okay, Chris. And then. Chris, we can't hear you. We Are you a, unmuted? We heard a screen yeah, reader. I heard your screen there reader. There he is now. Chris? Okay. Oh, no. Hey, unmute. Here you are. Is that you, Chris? No, that was Bob. Hmm. Well, we, have, we can go back to him if you want, because Kim has her hand up. Can you ask him to unmute, David? I've already done that. He hasn't yet. Mute comma. Currently unmuted comma. Comma. Alt plus A. So I'm unmuted. There we go. There you go, Chris. You're on. Oh, you can hear me now. Now we can. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Sorry about that. I don't know. Hold on there for a second. Well, I think it's all. And now lowered alert. It's all very interesting. There's a, a lot of debate about what happened and why it happened. Um, <clears throat> there's a story that Alan Jenkins used to tell that uh, he was once defending uh, Tenbrook to Derwood McDaniel because he and Tenbrook were very, very close friends. And he said uh, it wasn't really Tenbrook. It was really Jernigan. And Alan always did believe that. but. Uh, Berard's response was, uh, regarding Jernigan, I know a water boy when I see one. So clearly Derward believed, and I know this from talking with him many times about it, that Tenbrook had become president too long. Mm-hmm. And he'd be, he, he was a brilliant guy. I mean, he was a brilliant leader uh, in many book, ways. Talking about the book I'm reading. Started oh, the, the history of <clears throat> Olivia, please mute. Oh, sorry. I got her. 
And <clears throat> it's interesting to think about the 1956 NFB convention because things hadn't, hadn't really begun to unravel at that point. They right. were maybe on the verge. But if you ever have a chance to listen to the convention, you'll be amazed. Well, you'll be amazed at, at Tenbrook's uh, leadership, his, his eloquence, his organization, uh, and, and the way he could run a meeting. You can see why he could dominate even up to 19, you know, through 1960. Um, did he have bad influences? He certainly had one, Jernigan. <laughs> and probably probably others as well. <clears throat> but um, in 1956, everybody was working as a team. Uh, Durward was there often uh, chairing the meetings when Tenbrook was doing something else. Uh, George Card was there and, and uh, a part, part of the team also. And that, that team in 1956 was really torn apart by 1959. Mm-hmm. I think the die had been cast by by Santa Fe, and most of the reason for that is because of the 1958 convention, which NFB has never released the recordings of. We, we know they exist, but they've <clears throat> they've never been released. Wow! Enbrook was so chagrined at what happened in 1958 at the the way they trampled over the democratic process that he did not want those tapes to be made public. He didn't want that on his record. So that's what leads you to 1959. Mm -hmm. Wow. We have a question. We were asking, was Alan Jenkins an FB or, or ACB? Um, Alan remained uh, in the NFB through the California council of the blind. As you know, he and, and uh, Tenbrook had a very close personal relationship. Yes. He and his wife were married in, in the Tenbrook home, and uh, uh, Tenbrook defended <clears throat> Alan and, and had the police intervene <laughs> when uh, Lee's father was opposed to their wedding. Uh, lots, of, lots of things like that that drew them personally very close. And Alan would never have left the the NFB uh, for for that reason. Uh, when ACB met in California in 1967, he and Durward had dinner. That was considered highly controversial, but they they, oh. they were brave enough to do it. But uh, Alan came <clears throat> to ACB along with CCB in in later years. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, because I remember talking to him about it in 76 when I was at OCB, but I couldn't remember if he was still part of NFB at that time or whether he had gone to ACB. He was, but the CCB was perilously close to being expelled from the NFB. Hmm. Yeah, so, we were working hard at it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember them days. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, you have some more hands? Okay. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, Livy Oscar. Ostergaard. Uh-huh. Ostergaard. <clears throat> Audio settings menu button. And Moro has joined the meeting alert view button. Mute comma. Currently. Livy. 
Maybe you can talk now. The room. There we go. There we go. Sorry. There she is. Good. Um, I was reading chapter four right before I came on. Okay. And um, wow. Well, right now we're talking just kind of like at the end of chapter three, going into chapter four. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it, it's you know with all this uh, money and power grab business, I agree with Chris. You can see the writing on the wall, and something, something had to be done. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and you. you also have Kim with her hand up. Kim. Kim, you can unmute and talk. I hope my hand is up. All day. You're unmuted too, Bob. Uh, Kim's Kim's hand. We're going to get to Robert next. Kim, your next hand is there. raised, Bob. I got you. <laughs> okay. There you are. I kept hitting unmute, but I forgot I had my speech off. Hey. <laughs> um, I. And further along in the book, I read the beginning chapters and got kind of bogged down with the political stuff. But one thing I do remember in the early chapters, somebody in the book said, you know, they talked about NFB, HCB working together. And the response was kind of like, well, okay, if they do everything our way. You know, (laughs) it was like, uh, okay, this is not going to work. I can see what's coming. But I also remember I had never heard of HCB. NFB is what I heard about first. And I read some of the books that Kevin Jernigan wrote. And I'm like, I totally can't relate to these people. I at that point, I knew I didn't really want a career. I wanted a job, you know. And all these NFB people seemed to me like blind people who wanted to be sighted, you know, or that kind of attitude. I don't know. Just something turned me off about that. And so... I quit reading those books and didn't really check out HCB at all because I knew I didn't want to be in my state affiliate. And anyway, COVID is what what got me (laughs) involved. And also a friend told me about Diabetics in Action. All right. Yay. And that's (laughs) what got me involved. And, but I don't know, NFB always did seem a little, I don't know if they were over my head or under my feet, but they they were, I couldn't see what they were seeing. So that's why I decided, and I'm, I'm bad. I've kind of skipped a few chapters because I want to go back and read them. Go back and read them. Yeah, I think I will. Yeah, thank you. Thank okay. you, Kim. Anyone else? Well, I know I know we lowered it. Did you want to speak, Robert? If so. Yeah, I do. Go ahead. Okay. You can all hear me. Okay. Yes. First of all, I, that I had the pleasure 
of knowing Mr. Jenkins, um, especially during the court struggle with the NFB, where we spent five years to save our name, California Council of the Blind, and our $500,000 treasury, uh, and so forth. He was, he would be in the NFB, but he was a friend of Durwood McDaniel, and he paid a price for it. Yeah. Uh, Ken Jernigan would tell all of us, we had seminars. I don't know if Christy went to one. We were seminarians. And he <laughs> said, I don't even want you to be on the same stage as members of the ACB. Right. Or nothing. Don't even talk to them. And if you do and I find out, I'll get you, I'll expel you. The NFB became a cult. It yes. became a religion. And that's what you got to think about. And, you know, yes, the convention, even though we get into the six affiliates who were expelled, if they'd have been there, I think I, the ACB, Durwood side would have won. But, uh, but you're not going to reform them because the people with the power were militaristic by then. Uh, Dr. Tenbrook was under siege, uh, as you know. Um, but Alan Jenkins was in the Federation. But one thing he tried to do, he was a compromiser. He liked to work to get sides talking. He was in the Minutemen with Frank Luciano and others, um, you know, who, who at the last second were hoping to pull things together. And they were allowed to talk a little bit at the convention. But people were so fired up by then that, that it wouldn't happen. But I, I just will say in conclusion that organizations, social actions organizations will not permit another newspaper criticizing the administration. In ACB, we, we do it pretty freely, we, it, it gently, respectfully, you know, with ideas, but that's constructive. I call that constructive criticism. And I'm very happy to be in ACB. It's just uh, easy on my nerves. I don't need to drink the Chiefs Kool-Aid, Jernigan's Kool-Aid, and the NFB Kool-Aid, all that stuff. And the cult. I was in it up to my ears until I was attacked myself and told that I never helped the blind. And there we go. And we started the, we started the court battle because we weren't going to sit by and be eliminated. Okay. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, Bob. Okay, so any other hands? Oh, hello. Regina. Hello? Regina? Audio settings Hi. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. I'm glad I was able to make one of these. I was trying to clear my schedule to do this. Fantastic. Because Somebody's jaws is talking. Got it. Reactions button. Leave. Alt. New button. Meeting information. But escape. Mute. Currently unmuted. Alt plus A button. Um, Audio settings button. I think yeah. someone needs headphones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that I, helps I, a I lot. I have a headphone. Yeah. Um, so what I was going to say is I, for a long time, didn't have a lot of contact with um, blindness organizations. Mm -hmm. And when I did, it was so overwhelming because the, at the time, the, what I thought was sort of vitriol between the two organizations just overwhelmed me. And so I took the easy way out and said, I'm just not going to join either one. And it wasn't until I started to see the treatment of some of the clients at a place that will remain, remain nameless. Um, and, and I started to understand that it came from an NFB philosophy. Um, they were tried, they, they, there weren't choices as far as what kind of cane or mobility um, style they were taught. They were told 
things like get to the airport three hours earlier so you can independently get on your plane and find your gate and you don't have to ask for assistance. And these were newly blinded people, right? You know, that I would pull aside and say, look, you have a choice. You can do that, but you can also ask assistance and someone can help you find your gate. And you don't have to, you know, you, it isn't a choice of stay at home or do it all on your own. And there were clients in tears because they were not ready to be left somewhere and told, find your way back to the center. Mm -hmm. And um, they were terrified and terrifying Mm -hmm. people doesn't teach them. And so that's what eventually made my decision. But what would you say? Because people that have been in an organization a long time, don't realize that it's um, it, it's really overwhelming to come into a movement sort of late and people say, well, where were you? Well, of course, I was advocating for blind people, but I just didn't know that there were, that I didn't know the role that being in an organization could play in that process. So it wasn't that my heart wasn't there, it was that I didn't understand how much better it is to be associated with an organization than to try to do things on your own. Anyway, (laughs) I guess you get what I'm asking. Thanks. Yes, Regina, I call those super blind. Um, And we used to talk, my husband and I used to talk about the peons versus the higher ups. And the, and the peons were the ones that were expected to walk and you wouldn't, you know, be caught doing elitist things and the and the higher ups were the elitists and they did have sighted guides and and didn't take public transportation and so it was a it was a, a double standard um and there are many people who joined later and we're just so happy y'all are with us um as i was saying at the beginning of the discussion today had i known what i know now had i been open enough to listen and to recognize the top down versus grassroots um i would have been with the grassroots much sooner Uh so um any other comments more hands um donald queen Don, I think you're unmuted. All the news currently unmuted. All day, Don. No, that's Ann. Muted. Hey. Go ahead. Ann. That was Ann. Ann has is unmuted. I was muted, but yeah. I'm muted, but she's been muted now. But she um, keeps Donald, on muting. Donald lowered his hand, but Chris Gray's got his hand up again. Don Alt A. Donald, did you want to speak? All right, well, we're going to go ahead and move on to Chapter 4. 
Right. You do have other hands whenever you want to take. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. We'll 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 go ahead and include chapter four in on this. Okay. So, other hands. Yeah, Regina already spoke, right? That was Regina that just yeah. talked. Yeah. Meeting. Meeting tools window. Okay. Start my video comma. Mute Chris comma. Gray, your turn. Unmuted comma. Yeah. I hope you can hear me now. Yes. Now lower There's alert. another. There's another <clears throat> element of this that I think we ought to uh, take into consideration, and it became very very obvious. <clears throat> by 58, even more so in 1959. But remember that in the 50s, uh, George Card in particular, others were involved, but George Card was the spearhead of years and years of, of travel <clears throat> around the United States forming oh, yeah. chapters of the NFB. So the NFB grew, it expanded, uh, its conventions uh, expanded, say, from 1953 or four, And by 1955, <clears throat> they had become significantly larger affairs, either with new members, potential members coming uh, to, the, to the group. <clears throat> One of Durward's beliefs was that until that time, most people in the NFB didn't really work that closely together. They didn't know each other. They worked in their states. They had a national movement, but it was not a movement with a lot of cohesion at the national level. So starting in 55, 56, this occurred. <clears throat> and because of that, there became points of friction by 1956, 1957. And, and I think that's important to, to bear in mind as we go through this early period that those contentious issues got worse. And unfortunately, there were a few unprincipled people who were willing to use those issues to split apart the true leaders of yes. NFB at that time. Yes. Yes, thank you. My hand is up. Can you? Who's um, next? <clears throat> uh, Robert again. Currently okay, unmuted, Menu. First of all, Christy, we are we are certainly honored to have a former president of ACB you with bet. us, and Chris has done tremendous historical work on this. So I'm so happy he's here to to, to give another point of view, a good point of view here. Fifty six, one thousand people attended the NFB convention in Mute, San comma. Francisco. Currently unmuted, comma, we were, comma, menu. We were rolling. We were, we were doing great. The lean to was I, I have no excuse. I don't know. I just don't understand it because I think the board would have approved his office. I've been in the lean do. It's not that mm -hmm. much, but it was twelve thousand dollars. He did it and it was a mistake. I, you know, and this the the the, the Federation's always been secret. They they're not transparent. They're they're mm -hmm. if I've met a more paranoid guy than Ken Jernigan, I don't know where, he thought everyone was out to get him. And he began as his presidency went along, even with success, to attack his friends. Anybody that crossed him was, was now no longer of service. And I'll just say, finally, Christy, he was the commander. And he said, we must sacrifice for the commander. And in a speech I gave, I, one more point after that. In a speech mm -hmm. I gave, I said, he wasn't Robert E. Lee who led his troops. He was in a suite giving orders and telling us what we were doing wrong when we fought Mac and other, other places. We were the peons. 
We were walking. Right. We faced a rest. Uh, I remember as a young teacher, he demanded that I go to um, Chicago to the AFB. It was in New York. And Tony Minino, our president, said he is not going. He just got a job. And he says, doesn't he care about the blind? He says, we all do, but you're not going to get this guy's job. He's the first blind teacher to teach sighted kids in the L.A. Unified School District. And he's not going anyway. I, I forbid it. And Tony was strong enough to, I to resist Tony. him. Lastly, <laughs> I gave a speech at a banquet. And I said that Derwood McDaniel was my friend. And Derwood was really touched by that. He says, not many people want to say that. And I says, you really helped us. And Derwood never, never encouraged us every time to merge. He let us find our way. He was there as a resource. And because of Derwood, we had the Conference of the Blind in Las Vegas, two years. And Derwood helped us by, by networking. He knew everybody. And he said, you want this guy on Social Security. You want that guy on Medicare. And we had uh, my dear, dear friend, Bud Keith said, you guys had better programs than ACB. I don't know about that, but we, we were going to merge. We wanted a national uh, statement. It's just when, and Durward was there as a friend. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Any other hands? Olivia, Olivia. Olivia? I'm sorry. I, I must've didn't lower it. That was from the last time. Okay. Well then, well, then you're clear. You're clear, and it's you have about 22 minutes left, and you're clear. Okay. So, wow. So, big surprises happened in 1959. Anybody who crossed, who said anything, who did something, who breathed wrong, <laughs> was purged from the board. And the way this happened was a, a lot of different ways. Um, some, In some ways, it's because whole affiliates were kicked out. So because whole affiliates were kicked out, those people were no longer on the board. Um, what, what, are, what are people's comments and thoughts about uh, the, the, the things that happened in in uh, chapter four and the purging of the board. Audio now unmuted alert. We have Chris Gray to start. Okay, Chris. Yeah, well, let me. And now lowered alert. Um, let me correct you a little bit about history. No affiliates were, were kicked out in 1959. <clears throat> we, you have to wait till 1960 for that. Okay, I'm reading the wrong chapter. I told about you I read two treasure. chapters. But okay. in 1959, the board was reorganized, and uh, the board was basically <clears throat> threatened uh, by Tenbrook. Either you agree with me, or you know I will resign as president. Well, that was unthinkable. I mean, he was yes. the hero of the movement, and and uh, in certain ways, justifiably so. The guy was was incredible. But you had the board reorganized <clears throat> several people got their walking papers <laughs> and because yep. you can read about that in, in the book but uh, just since we're doing this with hindsight and all that bear in mind New notification from outlook comma <clears throat> sharon lovering comma by 1960 and and even again to some degree in 61 all the new members or most of the new members who were brought on 
1959 were part of it, part of what became ACB. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> I'm thinking That's... of Elma Murphy as an example, a good example of that. People thought they could be peacemakers. They could find a way to create consensus. Well, that, that, that wasn't in the cards. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you. Robert? And the, the, Chris is absolutely right. Miami with, was terrible in that six affiliates, if I recall, and he can correct yeah. me, were kicked out in the winter. And uh, Derwood yes. wrote a great brief defending the affiliates position. You know, you hear from the NFB that, oh, they were terrible. But some officers were attended, uh, elected lifetime and, and so forth. I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't know. But that was really wrong to just kick them out with no hearing. If, if they did it, they should have done it before the convention. Um, and so it was uh, getting worse. And Santa Fe, Christy, what I, that's where I am. Uh, 14 mm-hmm. hours of debate. Oh, my goodness. Right. Uh, and lastly, I want to commend, I don't know him, I never heard of him that much, but he sounded like a great guy, Walter McDonald of Georgia. Yes. Walter said, I, I gave, I cut the president slack. I, I, gave, I gave in, I voted wrong. I did that to support the president, but it's too much. I resigned from the board of directors and it's too bad. I'm not saying that Walter would have turned the convention around in Santa Fe. It's too bad he couldn't go to the convention. Another guy yes. is Hollis Liggett. Yes. Tremendous writer. I wish his health would have permitted him to have his voice heard at the convention if they would allow it. But you know, the guys in power have the microphone and they can, they can refuse to do it. It's all about power and they had it and they have the money. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Don, did you want to say something? I know you had your hand up and you couldn't unmute. Can you alt A and give He's us? He's unmuted some- now, actually, Donald. Good, Don. Can you talk to us? If not, Larry has his hand up. I really want to hear from Don. Don doesn't seem to have audio, so he's unmuted, oh. but we're hearing nothing. So, oh, we don't hear you, Don. You don't have audio, so I'm sorry, Larry. Yeah, go ahead, Larry. I'm just amazed as I read this, and how much, it's not a matter of giving leadership slack, but it's amazing what they allowed to have been, allowed themselves to have been, have dealt with with regard to all of the things that went on. It was like the leadership could do no wrong, and they just decided, I'm going to do this, and it is what it is, and you can't stop me. Now, maybe they didn't have that attitude, but it's, I'm wondering today what would have happened if we would be have been in that same situation. Uh, maybe it was that back then Federationists believed in the cause so much that they had unwavering um, thoughts about, well, whatever he says, he's brilliant, must be right, so we're just going to go with him. But And some of it also probably is the authors of this book I don't know that they were necessarily slanted, but they were in the book to promote a book on ACB. And so, who knows? Obviously, a lot of these letters and transcripts proved much of this out because uh, 
you know, you're seeing exactly what people were writing who were there. But I'm I'm just amazed at the stuff I'm reading and that the people in power were able to get away with this stuff. Yes. And it's going to get worse. It ain't going to get better, folks. Thank you. Any More other hands? hands? Um, call in user two. Can you please identify yourself? Uh, this is Bernice Kandarian. Hi, Bernice. Okay. Hi. I, I wanted to comment on the authors of the book. You know, uh, uh, it was 10 years I was fussing at Durward that we needed a history book. And he had 10 of us meet him for dinner, and he and decided that, uh, that, that well, the president at that time, Leroy Saunders, decided that they would do something about it. It did take him a while to figure out um, the, this was in 93, <clears throat> they did find authors and, and uh, started the book, which didn't come out for 10 years. But I want you to know that the McGiverns, there's uh, Jim McGivern's sister, sister, yes, sister. I was 19 years younger than he. And she was the only one for a long time that worked in the ACB office with Derwin McDaniel and knew the organization up and down. Uh-huh. The only one that has ever read the Braille form in uh, just so fast and never said a word wrong. Um, she did so much for the organization. And her brother was a college professor in, in uh, North Carolina. And her mother, um, and her mother, her sis- sister-in-law uh, was a writer. Also, they're two different kinds of writers, right? And they they were hired to okay. go ahead and put this book together. And I think that you know they flew people all over the United States to interview members and everything like that. He went through as much of the log that he could get through at the office. Uh, I think they did a wonderful job of, of putting things together. There are a few errors, but they did a, a, a marvelous job. Thank you, Bernice. And you have Regi- Regina Marie. Regina? Okay, sorry, I run a phone. It takes a while to get to that button. Mm-hmm, the I <laughs> so, I... Just, I know, Larry, you were saying you were amazed. And that's how I felt, too, when I realized what was happening. But what I also, when I spoke to people, um, since I wasn't affiliated with any organization, I would go around and just talk to people and tell them I'm not in either one. Can you tell me what this or that? And what they said was, uh, what seemed to come through was this gratitude for feeling as though they were a whole person and had power, which of course ACB does as well. But with the first person that gets there and does that for you, there's an immense gratitude. And I think that's what NFB leadership plays upon is that, Mm -hmm. that gratitude, that idea that I thought I had no life and now I have a full life. And it's these people that help me get there. I, mm-hmm. that's one of the motivating factors, which is why 
I believe we really need an outreach campaign to to let people know that there are choices. That's what I discovered. So many clients that I dealt with didn't believe there was a choice. Um, They thought it was an FB way or the highway. Mm -hmm. And if you wanted to be an empowered blind person, you had to embrace their philosophy. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's pretty hardcore. Um, Oh, yeah. And I find myself, you know, I, I, I am, you know, I'm pretty intense. People who know me, you guys are laughing. I'm a pretty intense person and I'm pretty passionate. And so, wow, the NFB, when, when they said that was how it is, that's how it is. And, uh, and, and that's a pretty intimidating stance. Um, I'm, I'm so much happier these days working within rather than working from without. Um, I want to just make a comment about the free press. Yes. And thank God for the free press. You know, I never understood it. And when I was in the NFB, they just kind of blew it under the carpet. Um, swept it under the carpet. Um, but now that I'm learning more about it and understanding its significance, it's just totally awesome. And I love Borderline Lee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For all of you who want to know who Borderline Lee is, read Chapter 4. <laughs> He's a yes. pretty funny feller. Christy, this is Livy. Um, uh-huh. I had a question. Um, would we be able is is the free press available could we could or is it defunct well i'm i'm assuming it's defunct but i mean is there any way we could find some of this stuff and read it and, anybody know the out well read people of vision that? and you get a great deal there and the free press association durwood was the president I believe, and Chris can correct me, when they met at the Aladdin Hotel across the street from the Mule Bach, and that's why I'm sorry Don can't get in, because he I was know. there. Well, his hand is up he again. Was in Kansas movie. City. And, but anyway, um, he, Durwer turned the free press over to ACB. As, and Chris can correct me if I'm wrong. So is it on the website, maybe archived somewhere? There is a website that Larry got me on the history um, yes, and I'm gonna ACB I'm gonna send really out good. that link. Yeah, the early 60s. Uh huh. Okay. Just to give you a heads Thank up, Chrissy, you. you've got about ten minutes left. Ten minutes, right? And Donald's hand is up. If you Don, want to. Don, you take precedence over everybody if you can talk. He's unmuted, but he doesn't seem to have audio. Oh no! I don't know why you don't have audio. He may because you have to check it before you come in. And he uh, may not have... Like, it doesn't say no audio connected. Oh, it doesn't? He's, muted, with no, oh. he's got no sound. He's like, his mic is off, or his uh, mic's on the wrong device or something, because we're not getting anything. Before you come in next time, Don, check your... Um, test your microphone. And Don can call in on a, a telephone and get into yeah. the Zoom room. So there's yeah. ways to get in. Don, I'm giving you first preference next week, so... Come in and be ready to tell us all next week. You, you do have some other hands. You have Beth. Okay. You have Beth. In Quickly, Mexico. we only have a few minutes left. Beth, go ahead. 
Well, Chrissy, if I may. I wish I would have been there at that Santa Fe convention, but of course oh. I probably would. I don't think I was even born yet. <laughs> but um, if, I, if I may, Christy, if you can. Wait a second, Bob. Am I oh. on? No. Someone's talking. Oh, I'm Beth, sorry. No, Beth, you're oh, good. Sorry, somebody's yeah. talking. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. The, the evidence of all of that still, like I told you last week in 79. Um, oh, boy. When the NFP went to the legislature without people knowing it and they got control of the training center or the uh, rehabilitation center, the school and the commission for the blind. Um, and then, but even when we were in school, they were telling us, Oh, you shouldn't even talk to people from a- ACB, you know? And we're like, why not? And, uh, and they did, they came around and they talked to us about NFB, but then, when a lot of us graduated, a lot of us got college degrees and we started seeing, you know, these rehab people, most of them by then were NFB and they weren't really help, really helping us find jobs. Um, we would have to find our own job. Well, you want to be independent? You have to find your own job. Okay. That's far out. And, uh, <clears throat> So when I wanted to work at the industries, because I had a son with special needs, well, they didn't like it. And I said, well, I need a job that's going to be flexible with me. And uh, unfortunately, my partner doesn't speak English. My son needs somebody for therapy. And so um, they, they just didn't like it. They thought that was a terrible job. And then by... Uh, 2000 when they closed or 1995 when they closed the industries they said oh yeah well we'll help you find jobs and nobody uh-uh. they left a lot of people by the wayside but then yeah. if you try to be a member of uh, several times people have tried to start chapters of ACB and they're like no you can't belong to both and yeah. uh, yeah. So, yeah, what Regina said about power and, about, you know, if we knew about that, we would have chosen, a lot of us would have chosen grassroots instead of, instead of their philosophy. Yeah. But they come across, you know, when the kids are very young, they come across to you and, oh, you have to join NFB and, you know. Yeah. It's almost like a relation, like a religion or something, but it, it's kind of a dictatorship. And a lot of us have left NMP for that reason. Thank you, Beth. And Robert, we only have a, a couple of minutes left. So um, five minutes, who's next, yeah. David? Five minutes. Um, uh, uh, do you want to try Donald one more time or no? He's still, I don't know if it's changing. No. He's okay. But we, um, Chris Gray's up again. Chris? Mute comma, currently unmute. I wanted to answer the question about the Braille Free Press. Um, okay, good. And now lowered alert. And just as a side note, uh, you may not know that uh, Eileen McDaniel typed all the Braille Free Press master copies with her very own hands, and the the distribution was overseen out of Oklahoma City. So that's an interesting tidbit of fact. But there, the free presses are all <clears throat> available in print. ACB has them. I don't know where they have them at this point. 
and a lot of moves and stuff. So I don't know. Yeah. The only free press that was not found is the very last free press. Oh, shit. And I happened to have run across a copy of it in Braille. So I read it on tape. And I don't know if it was ever transcribed. I gave it to Jim and Marjorie to have. And um, so that one is not in print, but at least it is in audio form. Wow. Thank you, Chris. Okay. Um, you have Mary Beth. Mary Beth. Just a quick observation that actually kind of ties in a little bit to what Chris just said that of it, it throughout these chapters it strikes me so much how much these people sacrificed for what they believed in yes you know, how much travel time typing time you know um you know that that crisscrossing the country as as many of these people did was a lot harder then than it is now and um you know what kind of of um courage and sacrifice it took for um, these early leaders to, to do what they did. Thank you, Mary Beth. That's, um, that's why I feel so, so sad about it. It doesn't come down as strong as what people went through now in the organization. Right. We just think, oh. You know. Right. Thank you, Bernice. Bob? And then after Bob, your hands are cleared just okay. in time, probably. Mm-hmm. Bob, did you, Robert? Bob? Yeah, Robert, go ahead. Okay, um, Christy, I want to leave with a story real quick. In 1958, there was a tremendous battle over the George Card Amendment, which yes. greatly strengthened the president, give him awesome powers. And in, uh, Robert Campbell, Bob Campbell, was our delegate from California. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the mood of the crowd was... Let's support George Card Amendment. However, I don't believe, and they didn't either, in instructing our delegate. I don't believe in doing that. Things change on the floor. That's just my opinion. Anyway, at at the end of the struggle, Bob was elected delegate. He was still president of CCB. And um, he went up to Dr. Tenbrook, and I believe this story. I wasn't there. Bob Campbell told me, and I believe these guys are school chums. You've got to remember that. Archibald, right. McDonald, uh, uh, Campbell, mm-hmm. all of them uh, were buddies at California School for the Blind. And he walked up and he said, Chick, I'm really sorry about this, but I got to do what I think is right. And Dr. Tenbrook slapped him and their friendship ended. <gasps> but I yeah. want to say that Alan Jenkins got them together near Dr. Tenbrook's death, George Fogarty, Bob Campbell. Alan Jenkins and Dr. Tenbrook, and they forgave each other. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. What an interesting note to end. Um, next week, we will be talking about chapter five, which is where there's a whole lot of action. It's about two hours worth of reading. So get started now and hope to see you all back next week. Larry, thank you for streaming. David, thank you for hosting. The chapter is four, Christy. Pardon? We're going to do four? No, five. Five. Oh, okay. You're going to, okay. Well, we did chapter four today. So we're on chapter five. Chapter five it is. Thank you. Thank you all.